Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's rolling very well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you had a big race win yesterday. Very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it was good, pretty much good. I kept blowing out of my pedals, though, so I'm hoping a photo, I did like a no-footed can-can off of a jump and then landed on my feet and just sort of rocked, walked away. Well, hopefully there's some photo evidence of that. Other, you're almost at your hat trick for the perfect race. I mean, the, it's, the photo, let's not like kid ourselves. I was probably six inches off the ground and <laughs> probably looks like a cross-country guy who doesn't know how to jump but that old meme of what i think i look yeah, like yeah it does not look like a no-footed can-can on a motorcycle you know 100 yeah, feet yeah. in the air anyway you did great uh it was super hot out there yesterday i mean i think that's uh it seems like pretty much the world is experiencing a massive heat wave i know i just it does saw seem widespread isn't it yeah the, uh, tour de france i think is heading into a stage today that's i think 40 degrees celsius i don't really know what that is in fahrenheit but it sounds smoking hot it's pretty hot uh, it's supposed to be a heat wave up here in canada i know there's a bunch of uh you know rolling heat waves down in the u.s so uh glassford how'd you how'd you keep cool uh, I mean, for the sake, I mean the environmental stuff again. I don't, I don't know about that. But the uh, in the racing, I think you know some people are more wired up for it, probably. But I, I, you know, the evidence does show if you train in the heat, you're going to get better at training in the heat, right? This is that classic environmental argument I try and make. And we've done a couple of posts on that pretty recently. If you go to consummateathlete.com, we do talk about, you know, it's sure it's great to get in those rides before it gets hot, you know, early morning or later in the day when it's cooling off a bit. But there is some importance, especially if you happen to race at around noon, if you're racing in those peak heat and, hours. And if we go back to our altitude, we did an altitude uh, podcast here. About just a month ago. About yeah. a month ago. So we'll link to that as well, because uh, we do get in a bit to heat adaptation for altitude, but it's really the same stuff, right? So if you, if you happen to be someone preparing for a hot race and you live in a place that isn't hot right now you you might then choose to use sauna or hot tubs you know after the rides or as a second workout or something like that and, and the research is pretty good out there that post has a bunch of links to different heat adaptation uh, both sort of simple ones from like outside magazine that have been summarized and then also uh, more towards the studies nice and you also you know you're taking bottles of cold water every lap and we have our super cheap ice vest hack, which is just, uh, I don't even know where, we'll have to look for where we got it and put a link to it in the show notes, but it's basically just like a, a sheet, a plastic sheet that looks like, uh, if you remember those old um, like bubble wrap things. Yeah, that's what it looks like is uh, but, foot, one uh, foot by one foot bubble wrap. Ice cubes. But it's size. ice cubes. Yes, it's ice cubes um, in plastic. So you just throw it in the freezer. It's uh, very bendy and stuff. So basically Peter just stuffs it either down his uh, jersey or in the back of his jersey. Uh, for a while, DW was using it as a cooling mat, so it's also great for for sweaty dachshunds. It's pretty much perfect size for him to yeah. sort of roll him up in it. So yeah, the, that's the idea. You know, these there's uh, I can't remember the terms for them, but there's sort of the at the race in the ride sort of things that are trying to mitigate the heat, and then there's also just like the long term adaptations, and and like most things. It's the, the long-term adaptations that come from dedicated effort in the long term. So getting out in the heat, maybe you're in a hot tub, 
you know, these different things, uh, those are going to be the main issues. You know, those are your 80% that matters. And then on the race day, the pre-cooling, not warming up too long. You know, everyone has their like specific warm up they want to do. But yesterday I, you know, it was 10 minutes pedal, nah, probably 20 minutes pedal, but I go across the road. This one has like four trails across the road and they're sort of in the shade, just soft pedaling, you know, standing, making sure my gears work. And then I did two efforts as close to the, the start as I, I could. And then, yeah, just using these pre-cooling on the start line to try and, you know, whether that's an umbrella, ice, you know, uh, cold towels on the neck are common. Uh, they say, you know, dipping your hands and wrists into a pool of water. You'll sometimes see people with jugs with the top cut out and you dunk your hands in them. Uh, that can be one as well. Uh, but yeah, you're just trying to stay as cold as you can before the start of the race because once you're in the race it's very hard to do a lot of these you know you can do as you say doused uh dousing water people get pretty jazzed up on that I, I tend to just do one bottle of straight water that's cold you know iced and then just douse myself with that um i try and not be difficult in feed zones but some people try and have 17 person feed zone apparatus that happened. Well, you had person plus dachshund, so I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, we were our own circus, I guess. But yeah. yeah, that's the idea. So, I mean, again, once in the race, they say the cold drinks um, are, are the big thing because it goes inside of you. Uh, the dousing does help. But again, long term. Yeah. And speaking of long term adaptations, today we're talking about deep breathing with our dear friend, Marco Altini. He's been on the podcast several times now talking about uh, mostly about heart rate variability, HRV. He is the creator of the HRV for training app and just one of the smartest people I think that we've had on the podcast. So what did you two talk about? Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk as much about HRV because we've done a lot of this in the past, right? And, and we, you know, the recording in the morning, he has a phone app that's great that you can use your fingers on your phone camera. I love it because people actually do it and it doesn't require heart rate straps that never seem to work. Uh, and he's validated that when we've talked about this in the other podcast that we'll listen to uh, as far as these the finger on the, the HRV for training app uh, or using the finger, uh, the optical sensor. So to this time, we're actually talking about another app that Marco's developed for uh, deep breathing. It's sort of biofeedback, HRV guided biofeedback. Um, and this is the, I believe the HRV biofeedback app is the name of the app. Um, and all it basically is, is it's like guided breathing. You can, there's a couple different settings. I like apps that are not overly complicated and there's not a lot of, you know, gamification and things beeping at you all the time. This is very straightforward, very customizable as far as the time you do it for. Uh, whether you use a heart rate strap or your fingers, I actually use a heart rate strap for this so that I don't have to hold my fingers while I'm trying to relax and, you know, either lay down or, or sit and, and deep breathe. Uh, and then what it does is it, you can watch the screen and it, you can biofeedback means that you're getting feedback from your bio, from your you know body. And so what you do is you try and breathe in this rhythm that then sort of helps relax or, or, you know, whether you could call it meditation, call it whatever you want, but this deep breathing and it's very effective. I, and we have a post about me meditating, which is really just me using this app. And I found it quite effective for, you know, I get to, something that I get to do, uh, you know, watch. And then at the end, it gives me a little tracing of the heart rate and the breathing data. Uh, it's great. And, and like all of Marco's apps, it also asks you a couple questions for subjective measures, right? Are you anxious? Are you angry? And then how do you feel afterwards? So, uh, yeah, just another great app. So we just talk a bit about deep breathing and what we know about it and why you, why you might want to consider this, this focused deep breathing. I love it. Anything that makes meditation kind of have that more practical slant to it, I think is really helpful for the, the people who just really struggle to get it done. 
Uh, also, I you know what? I've been doing a lot more meditating lately. I try to do it most days. Uh, my problem, though, is if I'm meditating and not doing something like that, I just fall asleep after about five minutes, which, I mean, you could argue is just my need for a nap. Uh, but it is kind of nice when you have something to focus on that actually keeps you awake instead well, of just uh, nodding off. For sure. And, and I mean, I think there's, you know, meditation. Why do we do these things? Deep breathing. You know, there's the, you know, the state or the mindfulness. There's that piece. But then the other thing is, you know, if you can use this deep breathing, you know, you get into it, whether you use the app or not. Like I, I do this last night. I couldn't get to sleep. It was after a race. It was really hot. I was really hot. Right. And, and so you're, you know, amped up after the race. You're always really hot. Thank dear. you. And, you know, if I do this and I just think, OK, practice my deep breathing and I'm, it's not exact right in the app. It sort of gives you a vibration or a, a tone every six seconds or, or whatever it is. Uh, to breathe in and then six seconds later it'll do another one right and it goes back and forth and deeply appreciate you not doing that in bed but you can do it you know you can go like one two three four five six not out breathe loud out. one two three four five six and then back and forth right and then a lot of times you do find especially the more you practice this we could call it meditation or deep breathing that then maybe you do actually just fall asleep and maybe that isn't the worst you know health tool you know i wouldn't beat yourself up if you're able to quote unquote meditate and fall asleep uh, maybe isn't the worst tool, right? There, I think in the SEALs, I remember reading that they have like this five-step program to make you fall asleep at, at any point, right? No, I'd be such a good SEAL just because of the sleep. That's the only part. <laughs> I don't know about that. I would nail the sleeping part. Is this because we watched G.I. Jane? Inter it like, really, recently? really is. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is where I, I shave my head again. Anyway, uh, before we get into this chat with Marco Attini, just a quick sponsor check-in. Uh, of course, this episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens, AG1. And honestly, we've now been using it for seven months, and I still absolutely love AG1 in the morning. It's pretty much like my, my excellent way to start the day, making sure I am both hydrated, but also hitting you know my, my multivitamins, my greens, my probiotics, my prebiotics, sort of all of that really good stuff all in one. I don't have to worry about other uh, crap that I need to take. I don't have a whole bucket list of supplements that are a bucket of supplements slash list of supplements. That's right. And, and you know, the people are back traveling uh, for all different, whether it's work or for races uh, and stuff gets wild, right? You're, you know, we always joke about you and your, your Starbucks breakfast or whatever it is. You so joke about I, it. I definitely feel better knowing that you're getting some of this when you're out, you know, gallivanting around to all these different races and events. Uh, and then the other thing we like about uh, AG1 is the NSF rating, right? We get that, you know, make sure that what's in there is, is what's on the package. Yeah, so important. I mean, I, honestly, I, I was thinking about this just because of the last race I did actually did have random testing. And I, it was like really nice to know that the, the one thing that I do, do take does have an NSF rating because I know mm -hmm. it's, it's a very easy thing to kind of forget about when you're not racing in the pro field, but and even more so than the pro field, like it actually just means that it has what it says it has in it. Uh, and to me, that's, that's really important because a lot of greens powders, protein powders, like if you look it up, it's not great. Uh, the ones that aren't third party tested, what they have in them. Ugh. That's right. And, and, you know, we have a subset of clients that eat really well and, you know, don't take supplements, which is completely fine. Uh, but we also have a, a lot of folks who like to, you know, go down the rabbit holes and pick, you know, a ton of different supplements. So I do like, you know, as a coach that they're able to say, OK, this one is good NSF. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, and if you're one of those folks, then I think at the end, this is a, a net win that we're not, you know, we, we can sort of choose, believe and, and go forth with it. One and done. Yeah. 
saves you a lot of time. So, and to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, which is this very tasty little dropper that they have, uh, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And let me tell you, the travel packs are awesome to just have either in your glove compartment of your car, if you're someone who's kind of always on the go in your car, or just great to keep. I keep a few just shoved in my backpack that I always fly with, so I always have them packed. Uh, so to get that, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Cool. All right. And with that said, let's get into this episode with Marco Altini. So happy today. We have Marco Altini. He is the man behind HRV for training. He has so many degrees. He has a PhD in data science. He's got computer science engineering. He's got human movement sciences, high performance coaching. He has so much education. I am so jealous of this man and all the education behind him. Marco, welcome back. I think this is number three. Welcome back to yeah, the Constant yeah. Athlete Podcast. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure to be here. And we have a lot of folks using, you know, on the podcast, using HRV for training, you know, daily, they're using it maybe with an aura ring, uh, maybe just with their finger, maybe with the heart rate strap. This is a phone app that I love. I, I was just thinking about this. So many kudos for designing an app that is simple. It solves a tremendous problem. <laughs> so I don't know. I was just thinking about that today. Like, I don't know if other people have told you this, but it's, it's as far in the app world, there's never anything that's like perfect, but I think this is almost a perfect app. Uh, you're too kind. Thank you so much. <laughs> and as the creator, I'm sure you're like, oh no, there's these little things I want to Yeah, fix. so many little things. <laughs> you don't even know it's on the brink of, of coming apart at all times. <laughs> but it's been around. The, the, the main apps, your HRV for training app, this is the one that people will do the morning measurements or maybe the overnight measurements. Um, that's What's that? Is it six, seven? How long has this been around now? Yeah, it's been a while. I think we are going for nine years, maybe this summer. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I think, you know, we've had you on a couple of times talking specific about that app. So if folks are curious, we'll link to that. Look for Marco's name on, on our website. Uh, and you do a ton of writing, both on your website, HRV for training, uh, but then also on Medium, you try and get it out there that way too. And, and if, if, you're, if people are curious about the basics of HRV for training, what is HRV? Um, we can certainly send them that way. Um, but today I want to talk, you have two other apps. And the one I want to talk about is the HRV biofeedback app. Um, which I found really, really helpful. Um, and can you give us sort of a, what, what was the point of that app? Why do we need a different app? Why can't we just use HRV for training app? Yeah, that's a good question to start with. Um, I think we can try to frame a bit um, differently the, the use case. So when we talk about HRV, obviously there are many different applications, right? It's just a physiological measurement. We can use morning measurements or night measurements, as you were saying, to try to assess baseline physiology. We could do tests before and after a stressor, like before and after training, to try to look at, for example, what was the impact of the specific intensity of our workout. Or we can do biofeedback, which is basically an exercise in which we try to stimulate the parasympathetic system by doing deep breathing exercises. So this is similar to um, any form actually of mindfulness or meditation where there are sort of deep breathing exercises, but with the difference that we try to be aware of our biology, in this case of our um, heart rate, for example, instantaneous heart rate and our physiology and all that changes as we practice. So the key aspect, the reason why it's called biofeedback as opposed to all the other practices that we can do that are, um, I would say quite similar is that we use feedback from our body 
to keep track of what is happening as we do the exercise. For example, by breathing in, we know that heart rate instantaneously increases. As we breathe out, it decreases. So we, as we practice, typically we have this feedback, this information, and we use that um, as a way, I would say, to yeah, just get feedback awareness on what we are doing and try to practice um, according to whatever is the protocol that we are trying to follow. The goal of that should be, uh, at the end of the day, to try to stimulate or increase parasympathetic activity um, and basically to tackle recovery from a different angle, right? You can mm -hmm. modulate training, reduce intensity and things like that, or you could try to give priority to other recovery methods, and this could be one of those. Okay. So it's sort of in the morning, maybe we're recording to see what the HRV might be the, or what the resting heart rate might be or both, I guess. And then in this setting, it's maybe later in the day. It could be immediately when you wake up too, I guess, but you're, you're trying to almost influence it or, or change it a bit. Is that sort of the rough idea? Yeah, exactly. So when we assess, we should actually not do this. Do not right. do deep breathing exercise just to make it a bit more confusing. When we measure, we should just, but it's not really self-paced and relaxed and, and that's fine. Right. But when we do this exercise, we try to basically stimulate the system. So deep breathing is uh, yeah, deep and I would say quite uh, different from our regular breathing rate at rest. And that mm -hmm. is actually something that has been investigated in terms of uh, trying to determine what is this breathing frequency that we should try to follow so that we maximize basically the benefit of this exercise. And that is something that is called um, the resonant frequency. And it's typically about six breathing cycles uh, per minute. So right. it's 0.1 hertz. And that means that for example, we would take 10 seconds for a full breathing cycle, so five seconds breathing in or five breathing out, or other forms in which you use slightly different uh, durations for um, breathing in and out. That seems to be less um, important than the frequency. So you could do four seconds breathing in and six seconds breathing out or holding some time in between. Right. But still, as long as you do more or less six per minute of these breathing cycles, that is typically what maximizes your um, HRV and basically also the instantaneous heart rate. You will see the biggest swings between minimum and maximums as right. you breathe in and out. Um, and that's a bit different for each person. And that's also something that can be tested in the upright so that it can try to determine which uh, breathing rate is the one that is optimal, let's say, for you so that your HRV is optimized or maximized sure. during that exercise. Now six, you know, folks can even try that, I guess, if they want, I won't make you lead us through a meditation here or anything, but six is, is low, right? Like it sounds low to me and I've done the app now for a year or two, uh, like six is like, would normal be more like 10 or 11 or 12, or if someone was, you know, even panting, yeah. it might be higher. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even when we sleep, I think uh, we are probably between um, 11, 12 and 14, 15. Uh, okay. So it's definitely a lot lower than our regular breathing. And it's in the name, but like, so that the, the implication then is that you're actually, you're breathing deeply. <laughs> so you're really yeah. filling up your lungs because you have four or five, six seconds to do it. And then you're slowly exhaling and letting that air out. Um, I, I know that's obvious it's in the name you're deep breathing but that's that's the implication right is that you're breathing slowly so to get the air you need to breathe in more 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the mechanisms behind these processes are not fully understood, I would say, meaning that there are different theories why this might be beneficial. Um, it could be that basically these swings in heart rate, um, instantaneous heart rate as we breathe, are due to the baroreflex, which is the mechanism that controls also blood pressure. So mm -hmm. that is why, for example, when we do this exercise, typically you also see uh, a benefit in, uh, for example, people with hypertensive disorders, and this um, exercise could strengthen this relationship between heart rate and blood pressure, which is beneficial. And because there's a fluctuation, this... like you're maybe increasing the blood pressure because the because of the deep breath, or I guess because the heart rate's increasing, and then yeah, decreases. and the blood pressure goes the opposite way. So basically, they are completely shifted, is right. shifted, so that. Uh, breathing rate and heart rate are, are perfectly synchronized and then blood pressure goes the other way around. So mm -hmm. it would be higher when heart rate is lower, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and this is also all amplified and synchronized basically perfectly as you do this exercise exactly at the um, resonant frequency. And there are, um, I would say, plenty of studies that show that acutely as you do the exercise, there are these very large variations, also in instantaneous HRV. I think what um, interested us um, a bit more was when building these tools and also now with uh, some ideas we have for research is to try to see also what is then the longer term effect. I think there is a lot more complicated um, and less clear also from published literature. Right. So hopefully something that can be investigated a bit further. Right. Right. And I have so many questions, but the, with the, I guess if we use the blood pressure, so your typical, you know, a stereotypical person with high blood pressure, they're a little stressed out. So I guess acutely you might have this, you know, because of the change in the, the pressure, you know, the, the, the heart rate, um, you maybe see a change in the blood pressure, but then I wonder chronically, is there a de-stressing where that stress element maybe would take out? Is that sort of what you mean too? Is there's yeah, acutely yeah, exactly. we can change heart rate, but then that goes back to baseline, I would imagine quickly, but then what are the yeah. effects downstream? Exactly. It's the same with HRV, right? We do the breathing and the HRV is a lot higher typically than our resting HRV. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as we are done, if we measure again, then we are basically back to baseline. So it is really an acute effect of the practice. Okay. But then um, the question is, if we do this practice for longer, right? The protocol, um, the protocols that are published typically um, are quite extensive, meaning that you you should do two sessions of 20 minutes per day for the ones that are um, used in clinical studies. Typically, so that's 40 minutes of deep breathing in a day, which is a fair oh, amount, I would say, yeah, yeah a set of time. Um, but even then, uh, we don't know if the physiology then is supposed to change over time, meaning your morning measurements or your night measurements, will those improve because you do this exercise? And what does it even mean to improve, right? Because maybe improving for these parameters, if you are already in a good state, does not mean that your HRV in the next month should increase, but it might mean that maybe it is more stable, right? There are less jumps between consecutive days. You are more often in your optimal zone, mm -hmm. and that is possible but not thoroughly investigated so i think these are some um questions that that need to be addressed but that are very interesting as the basic principle of the breathing exercise and its influence on our physiology are clear so we need to try to see you know right. to what extent then they impact you hmm. 
and the app, just like HRV for training is very, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say simple, but it's, it's, it's everything you need, right? It's concise. It's uh, what's the word I'm like, well-designed. Let's just say it's well-designed, <laughs> but it's flexible too. So you can, you said two by 20, but certainly we, we always say, you know, you can do a minute, you can do two minutes, just like meditation, just like walking or anything else. We're trying to start you doing a habit. Um, so it's very easy to adjust the duration. Um, I often do two by 10 minutes. I don't know why. I think it's just on 10 minutes. <laughs> it, it times out. Um, that's what I sort of aim for. And I, I, I guess maybe let's, before we go too far, let's make sure we talk about when you're using the app, sort of what happens is you either have your fingers on the thing, but I try and use my strap so that I can relax when I'm doing it, uh, like a heart rate strap, but you can use both. Uh, it's your phone app, your phone's there, and it gives you either a tone or a vibration at the top and bottom of the breath, right? So when you're about to change from breathing in to breathing out, it does a little like vibration. So I often just put my stomach, I do it laying down a lot of times. I don't know if you have opinions about that. Um, but normally I sit, uh, let's say most part of us would sit, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, Maybe, and it's one the, the breathing, I don't know if it is, it's probably impacted differently. Sure. Um, you know, I tried to make, I, I knew that, um, and I know that's always going to be the question with all the HRV stuff, right? Is what is the posture for, and then it depends on the person and what you're trying to do. Uh, I try and embed it a bit with like my nap time. Um, and especially yeah. I try and do it on the hard workout days, sort of after the session, yeah. um, just because I feel like I need to lay down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like know. that. I think, um, you know, that's really something I want to look into more, like I said, your protocols, so people doing, yeah. you know, training and then doing the exercise and then comparing that with people that don't do it or periods when you don't do it and see if you know you bounce back quickly or there is any change then in baseline physiology that way yeah and i don't know i don't know like it's one of those and then is it going to be do you think is there a chance that it would be a negative i guess you know what i mean like if i take a bunch of antioxidants now right it used to be that we'd scavenge the free radicals but now it's oh don't take the vitamins after your training session you're going to you know, mop it all up and you won't get better. Do you think there's a chance with deep breathing that that's going to happen? No, at least I wouldn't think it that way. Um, it's not that I potent. It, yeah, I, I don't know if it can, um, yeah, prevent the natural course of, you know, your recovery. I would okay. think that um, I would be surprised if there was even a positive effect um, because it's complicated, right? The training yes. is a much larger stressor and uh, everything a few minutes can you really impact your autonomic nervous system that way maybe mm -hmm. it's possible maybe only for some people um even in research sometimes results were um, stronger for people that had um certain traits for example people that were more anxious right if you are if you have anxiety then this type of exercise might uh, be more beneficial for you with respect to another person so there are so many different yeah is it embedded yeah so like so much stuff, right? Like if we look at elite uh, sport, right? The stuff beat reduce just doesn't really do much because that person's already wired up in a certain way or already pushing the physiology that way. So um, I guess what you're saying too is someone who's very anxious might see more benefit than someone whose baseline just isn't that anxious. Yeah, 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 definitely. There are different variables there that are all important. So here's a question. So you're in the app, you're using it, the heart rate, and it, it varies. So again, I, I probably see, you know, it might touch because I'm laying down too. Uh, and I, if I haven't gone that hard, if I'm not that disrupted, I might see, say like a 40, and then I might see like a 60 beats per minute. This is heart rate. And it sort of makes a wave across the screen of my phone. 
Um, so then what am I looking for? Like if I was looking at the phone, do you advise looking at the phone? What do you, what do you think? Like, what is the app telling me as I breathe away and, and go with the vibrations of my phone? What, what should I be looking for or, or adjusting? So normally what you want to see is, uh, this smooth waveform. This is your heart rate increasing and decreasing, and that should be fairly constant over time in terms of the shape, because the breathing is always the same. And that's the main factor behind these oscillations you could notice for example that if you um, don't pay attention or if your mind is wandering somewhere else or to get distracted for a reason or the other you might see that for example the shape changes a bit Um, it could be that you don't reach the same oscillations because you're not focused on the exercise Um, and that could be um, something that you notice visually looking at the data that would be the biofeedback aspect Gotcha. Then so like, are... are you meditating? Yeah. So then I, and this happens all the time as it does with meditation, right? Is, uh, you know, I start thinking about what I'm going to make for the next of snack course. or whatever. Right. Um, and then you look in the, the line across the screen is just like a, it's not this beautiful, you know, mountains, right. It's sort of like a mountain, you know, people should, you know, waveform makes sense, I think, but it's a bunch of mountains across the screen. And then all of a sudden it just like the <laughs> scrappy, <laughs> when you say biofeedback you're saying you're giving me feedback about my my bio or my body my heart rate something in myself um and that's really the idea yes exactly so it does not mean that you cannot do it without it right so what matters eventually is the breathing so if you follow a pacer somewhere else uh, just a pacer or uh, even using the app and you close your eyes and you follow the, the vibration. Many mm-hmm. times I do it like that also myself. I just don't look at the data and then maybe I glance at it sometimes. I notice yep. something. Um, I think that is totally fine. I think the whole point is really the breathing more than anything. Right. Um, yep. And I love, yeah. And then you can look at it afterwards. It shows you your whole mountain range, if you will. You know, if you do it for 10 minutes, <laughs> there's all these, this waveform across 10 minutes and it gives you sort of, how did it change? Right. And sometimes I'll see mine post-workout, it'll be higher to start and then gradually decreasing over the, 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 yeah, which I, I view as a, probably a good thing. I've relaxed a bit and yeah. the workout's been further and further away. And, you know, I finished further away from then and uh, so I'm like, okay, well that, that seemed good. And I, I like it. And, and we wrote a post called Peter is meditating. Finally, like what, <laughs> see, see what he did to make it. And so it's surprise. It's the app, uh, the biofeedback app. Uh, but I do think that that scene for me, it is the switch between, okay, I can record it and I can see afterwards, you know, how did that heart rate change during the session? And for me, that's the difference between doing it and not. Um, is you know yeah, whatever having, many the, cases, having the data right yeah exactly the quantitative aspect can can help many of us sometimes keeping track of these things or just you know if you're curious about what processes are happening and how that is impacting your physiology mm-hmm. is there any you know i'm thinking about what in the use of the app is is there something that i might be missing then is there something else to do with it or is it you know is there a historical element or is it it's just it's you can see that yeah session. you can always browse you know everything that you've been doing and um, changes in your heart rate changes in your hrv look at that over time um keep track of a couple of things uh, via questionnaires that you can try also to see how those might be correlating with um, the breathing exercise that you're doing sure. but so in it, general but it asks, i would say it asks yeah, are you like before you start your session it'll say are you anxious are you angry and you can even add your own which again very customizable if you want to track you know something else cramps or something like that um and then over time you're saying that i could graph that almost and see like this month is it better than last month 
yeah, you can run some correlations on the data that has been captured um, at different with, times. I love it. And that's with all your apps. I think that's like the main difference. And I don't know, why do other apps not do <laughs> collect subjective data? Like it doesn't, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Like such a, you want to track that stuff. For sure. I mean, physiology without context does not tell us much, right? So subjectively yeah. adding context and information is what we need to make sense of our own data over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are, do you find yourself, you know, you're out for a run or you're, you're back on Twitter? Uh, it's Altini Mar- underscore Marco, I believe. Under, yep. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, he's back on there, uh, tweeting away about physiology and HRV and all things training. Um, so do you find yourself using deep breathing more, whether it's a single breath or multiple? Like, how, how are you finding this has, you know, uh, changed your practice? So for me, it comes and goes. So there are periods in which I use the tool more often than there are periods in which I don't use it much, um, depending on stressors in life, right? So not really training related, mostly work related. That's, uh, you know, I love to train, but the stress for me is really more like work. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not an athlete, so that, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so there are phases in which I think, um, yeah, I rely on it more. And then when I don't use it, uh, but I'm in a phase in which I'm using it, then I think it just brings more awareness about, you know, that state in which you're not constantly triggered by everything that you read or do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think mentally helps a bit putting things in perspective, or at least I notice that when I do it more frequently, um, yeah, when I'm more, let's say, compliant with the tool and I use it uh, more often, Mm-hmm. outside of the moment in which I use it. So in other moments during the day, I do find that I am more aware of, you know, my breathing or my responses to things. Because when you do that, you're basically just sitting there and not doing anything. And just like in, if you combine it with mindfulness, you're also know that, you know, you should try basically, um, yeah, pay attention to what is happening in your mm-hmm. head. But then, you know, um, try to get back to your breathing and, and keep that kind of focus. So right. I think that the practice then puts you in that mindset often, even when you're not doing it, which I found beneficial. So that at least for myself is one of the reasons why I enjoy it, particularly at times um, also outside of the practice, practice itself. Okay. Uh, do you think there's any benefit or, or anything wrong with, you know, there's many different rhythms or, or frequencies of breathing that we could use. Do you, is there, you know, if I tried 10 versus five, you know, is, is you know, when I think of practice and skill practice, like there's almost a variability in that, like, would it be beneficial now that I've done it for a while to go for a couple sessions of 10 and see what, what happens? What do you think? So in theory, um, the resonant frequency is the one where we should practice at because it will maximize these changes in in, in physiology. So this um, and, and let's let's I don't know if we HRV. define that. Sorry to interrupt, but the resonant frequency. So that's the breathing is aligning with the heart rate. Is that true, or did I yeah, miss something? Yeah, it is true, uh, but it is it is also the frequency where basically HRV is maximized. We can think about it that way because okay. maybe if you do it at five or at six, still is in sync, but then it could be that for you, um, this even just the peak to peak in heart rate as you breathe in and out, it could be that it's amplified at you know at five for you and at six for me or something like that. Okay. And so it would be then beneficial for us to do it slightly differently. 
uh, but always do it at, at that frequency because then if you go to 10, then basically you will just have um, much smaller oscillations and then basically this form of positive training, we would call it for the autonomic nervous system, then it would not be uh, gotcha. particularly effective in that context. So it's not so much that it's like a skill of like, can you go at this? You know, it's not like cadence on a bicycle or something where it's like, no, I'm doing no. this one at 140. Exactly. And even the other way around, it doesn't work that way. Right? So if you go too low and you say, okay, let's do four, then maybe that is just too much for you. And again, those HRV is not higher because you breathe deeper. It's just, uh, yeah, gotcha. it's just too much at that point. So you should do it again lower. So probably first time folks are going to get the app. You can get it in all the stores, the app stores. Uh, and then probably the first thing to do would be to do the, in the settings, there's a little resonant frequency test, I guess we'll call it. Exactly. Um, so then the app can estimate what's ideal for you. Um, otherwise, if someone wants to try it without any tools, then you can just try a pacer online and set it to um, yeah, 0.1 hertz or six breaths per minute. Yep. And then you can just try the exercise also that well, and again, most people probably have some sort of timer right in front of them with their phone or their, their watch, right? You could, they could sit there on the bus today or wherever they're sitting, waiting and, yeah, and sort of do watch, that. do a 10 second, right? Five seconds in yeah, five exactly. seconds, and just watch their, their That's watch. The easiest. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just even get a feel for what, what does that even mean? You know, what's Marco saying? Six, six breaths a minute, right? Can I even do that? Probably for some folks that would <laughs> even take a little focus, but I think worth trying and, and piquing your interest a bit on what that, that feels like. Um, I know for me, again, it's just so it, it is yet at the end, you feel more relaxed and sometimes I'll even just take a nap after, you know, it almost yeah, leads me into true. that. Um, do you try it ever before bed? Like, uh, you know, to relax, to, you know, get the, the brain yeah, and the I body did. ready. Um, for me, it was typically more useful to do it at other times, like it for taking, you know, breaks from work, um, mm -hmm. and then disconnecting. In the evening, I'm quite good recently at not That's working too much. Down. So yeah. then, yeah, exactly. At that point, I've already, you know, tried to um, yeah, disconnect for a few hours. So typically, I don't do it at that time. But, you know, everyone is different. I know people that practice just before bed and find it a lot easier to fall asleep that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know I remember reading like there's like a seals, you know, and they do a bunch, you know, I think it's like six rep, six big deep breaths or something as part of their like routine to sleep anywhere at any time or something. <laughs> but I, I think you're, I think you're onto something that it's probably these micro breaks where we take ourselves purposefully away from the screen or the work. You know, if you think about what mindfulness or meditation is, right, it's actually that stopping, um, you know, or not, you know, not doing the thing. Yeah, and, and focusing, exactly. you know, not on that, I guess, right. On, on being <laughs> mindful. Uh, so I, I like that. I think that's probably good advice. Um, but also, as you say, use it, use it where you will and where you like and where it fits and where you'll start. Okay. Um, anything else? What else have we missed is, is I think that, you know, the, what is the HRV uh, biofeedback we've talked about? Um, we've let people know there's the app, uh, any more updates on your end? Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, that's what we are exploring. I think especially for um, endurance athletes, I think we are curious to see if this type of exercise post-training could make any changes in resting physiology measured in the morning or in the night um, in, in any of these aspects. We you know that training, especially up above, let's say, aerobic threshold has a very strong uh, impact on autonomic activity. So there are disruptions that nature be and heart rate that are um yeah meaningful and take time to recover so can we 
have an impact on that by doing these exercises, for example. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So I hope we can we can start to study uh, on this. So we have uh, some contacts um, with PhD student that is also interested in looking into this. So hopefully we can uh, we can do that in the next year. Well, that's good. I got. I'm glad you have people helping you with some of these ideas. Yeah, yeah. I don't do everything myself. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully we've piqued some interest uh, in HRV and HRV biofeedback, um, maybe some new concepts for folks around biofeedback and, and, you know, how to add some, you know, I guess data to meditation. I don't know if that's sacrilege, but that's, you know, <laughs> if that, if that gets you doing it, that gets you doing it like it did for me. Uh, perfect. And like I say, Altini Marco, uh, underscore Marco on Twitter. And I think it's similar on Instagram, right? Yeah, it's the same. Yep. And then HRV uh, for training. If you Google that, you'll, I'm sure you'll find the app wherever you need to find it. Uh, but we'll put those links in the show notes. Uh, and with that, Marco, I think we're pretty much done. Perfect. Good to talk to you, Peter. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.